The Florida Gators roster is basically set, basically set for 2023. But what are this team's biggest weaknesses on paper? We're going to talk about it here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. Happy Friday. I'm Brandon Olson. You can find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon Rittenberg with whole nine sports, Giants, country, NFL 33. Let me, I'm, I'm stoked. It's Friday. It's been a week. It's been a week. And so I'm, I'm, I'm just happy, but we are talking about some of the weaknesses from this roster and it's not just the roster. There's also some schematic things that go into the similar to Wednesday when I talked, believe it was Wednesday when I talked about the strengths of the team, we're going the same way. But for me, I think the biggest weakness on this roster is the lack of experience depth and experienced depth like like just that i'm combining them because i feel like it's important to talk about the lack of experienced depth as well and i mean you look at just this roster you're lacking depth at offensive line we saw that in the spring game where there were a few guys out and it, it was just bad there's no other way to put it like i've been saying oh it's, it's rough it, it was just bad like it, it was bad offensive line play and I've said it before that like I've played offensive line before for a couple of plays because, well, it, it was a scrimmage. There were injuries I filled in. Point being, it didn't go well, um, and that's what it looks like. <laughs> like. I know what bad offensive line play looked like. That's what it looked like. It looked like I was out there. Um, so the offensive line depth is, is horrible. The starting offensive line isn't nearly as good as it was last year. It's, st- it's still average to above average. But last year, Florida truly had a great offensive line. This year, you don't have that same luxury. Depth there is bad. You look at Edge, where Edge, I mean, you've got Prince Lumon Mielin and Justice Boone are the likely starters. But depth, experienced depth, non-existent. Just completely not there. Kelby Collins, true freshman. Cameron James, true freshman. Those are two guys that are going to be backing up Justice Boone. You've got... Jack Pyburn, true sophomore. TJ Searcy, true freshman. Uh, Bryce Capers, redshirt freshman. Like there's there's not much depth on this roster. I mean, in in general, let alone experience depth along the edge. That that's just completely non-existent. Uh, that that's I mean, losing Lloyd Summerall and Antoine Powell Ryland. Look, they weren't awesome football players, but as backups, they're phenomenal. And so not having them is going to flat out suck. It does. Um, so you look at the edge spot, no experience depth whatsoever. You look at cornerback. You've got your your top guys. You've got, we'll say, Jason Marshall, Jaden Hill, Devin Moore. You've got Jalen Kimber, okay, depth. You've got Jakeem Jackson, true freshman. You've got Ethan Pouncey, redshirt sophomore that's barely played. You don't have much depth at corner either. Uh, you got Sharif Denson at star, who's going to be backing up Jaden Hill and Jadarius Perkins. Likely you've got Aaron Gates, who's also in that same boat. 
they're not a ton of depth, just none. There, there's no depth, or there, there's some depth, and there's no experience depth. That's what this roster looks like. Safety, same thing. Like, like safety is the same thing. You've got Kamari Wilson and Miguel Mitchell are likely starters. Maybe RJ Moten um, over Kamari Wilson, in my opinion. Even if it's even if Kamari is your third safety, not much experience from last year. Dakota Mitchell, not much experience. Jordan Castell, Bryce Thornton, true freshman. Dejon Johnson, if he's going to be playing corner or safety, doesn't matter. True freshman. It, it all goes to the point of not having any experience depth. You look at quarterback, the most important position in football. Jack Miller III has one start in his career. One start in his career. He's played one game of meaningful snaps, and it was the most throwaway game you've ever seen. The bowl game against Oregon State. Light it on fire because it's useless film. Max Brown, a redshirt freshman, has not had game experience yet outside of the spring game. No experience depth at quarterback. There is a, a, a damn near excessive amount of youth on this roster and that's great for the future like it is i i understand that i sound like i'm just trashing this roster in a few years or even next year you're looking at so much valuable valuable youth there that's going to have the experience because they're going to play you're looking at uh a receiver andy gene aid mizell eugene wilson the third all gonna have valuable experience uh offensive line Najee harris roger kearney going to have valuable experience there. Um, you look at tight end, Arliss Boardingham, Hayden Hansen. Like, I, I love them. I love Andrew Savaya Nye, Tony Livingston, all those players. No experience, depth, but they're going to get that experience here. Like, the only way to address we don't have experience is to add experience in the transfer portal or play inexperienced guys. So these are going to be issues that are addressed over time with the Florida Gators. It's just right now a glaring, not even like a, a glaring weakness is that you have almost no experience behind your starters. That's just what it is. And I'm not saying that that's going to really destroy this team, but it, it is probably going to hurt at certain points when there's injuries. And then you have to throw in a guy who has little to no experience into a starting role. Like again, the, the almost excessive amount of youth, on this roster is a fantastic thing for the future. But when you're looking at 2023, when you're looking at what is this going to look like now, it doesn't look awesome. Again, it's not horrible, but it doesn't look awesome. And there's obviously some other flaws on this roster that we're going to talk about. But first, today's episode of Lockdown Gators is brought to you by Bird Dogs. And again, the, the best shorts I've ever worn. Most comfortable shorts I've ever worn. And I wear shorts all the time. I'm, I'm the kind of person where like it could be pretty chilly and I'm in shorts. That's what I'm doing. So bird dogs are the best shorts I've ever worn. Here, here, here's, here's one of the pairs of them that they sent us. Uh, they are fantastic. I don't even know the name of that specific style, but they're awesome. Uh, they're incredibly comfortable. And again, like I wore them the other day. I wore them to the gym. I wore them hanging out around the house and I walked 10 miles in them. 
and I was comfy the entire time. Go to birddogs.com slash college, and when you enter promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE, they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumbler with every single order. Thanks again for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. Please do make sure to like, subscribe, comment, review, uh, join the Lockdown Gators Discord. The link is in the description below. We've been having a lot of fun there. Rogue, love you, buddy. Um, but I do like to give him, I do like to give him uh, 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 stuff sometimes. But when we're looking at this roster and the makeup, and this is the part that I was talking about where I said schematically. This is probably going to be one of the weaknesses. And it's not just, oh, this scheme is bad here. But the vertical passing game, probably not going to be great this year. It's probably going to be a huge weakness this year. And if you've listened to this show, I took over this show in, uh, what was it? April 2021? Yeah, April 2021, I took over this show. And basically every week when I'm previewing games, I say, you need to threaten vertically. That's a big thing. Threaten vertically. I don't think Florida is going to be great at doing that. I don't think this is going to be an offense that's going to get vertical often for a multitude of reasons. Like, yeah, we could talk about Graham Mertz's um, tendencies to not throw deep. And I say tendencies because I've spoken about this many times. When Graham Mertz throws deep, He's actually very successful. He's one of the better deep passers in college football last year. So when Graham Mertz throws deep, he's pretty freaking good, okay? He did not throw deep often with Wisconsin, partially because of his own tendencies and partially because they were operating in a 1903 offense that was around before the forward pass was legal in football, okay? So there's that, where Graham Mertz's tendencies, I think, are going to matter as far as will this passing attack be able to go vertically often. I don't know if Graham Mertz is going to be willing to. I also don't know if Graham Mertz is going to be able to go deep often. And I don't mean that Billy Napier is going to tell him, hey, man, don't, don't throw the ball deep. I mean that this offensive line, like I mentioned earlier, is, I think, average to above average this year. I think that their strength is going to be run blocking, okay? If your strength is run blocking, then that means that, I mean, not that your weakness, but that your your lesser half is pass blocking. And when you look at just what this team is going to bring to the table, we don't know what this starting offensive line is going to look like yet because we don't know who's going to be healthy and here for it. So I think that it's going to be an issue for this offensive line to really pass protect because I'm also looking at, how much this offense is going to run the football. They're going to run the football a lot. Teams are going to be really aggressive against the Florida Gators. And if you want to throw the ball successfully against a really aggressive defense, odds are you're going to need to just get it out quickly, get the ball out quickly, which means you're not throwing it deep usually. So I think that this offensive line is going to give you issues when you're trying to throw the ball deep. And I especially think that's going to, we'll say rear its ugly head when we look at what Anthony Richardson could do last year and what Graham Mertz does. I don't have the numbers in front of me right now, but I know I've spoken about them before where Anthony Richardson, when he was pressured, that resulted in a sack. I think it was like 9.3% of the time. When Graham Mertz was pressured last year, that resulted in a sack about, I think it was 22.7% of the time. That's a lot. And granted, some of that is 
when he was with Wisconsin, he was working under center. So he was dropping back and he had shallower dropbacks. And so it was a little bit closer to the offensive line. Defensive pressure gets in and gets to him quicker. Sure. It's also Anthony Richardson is a freak athlete. And for Florida, evaded pressure a ton last year. And there were even plays where he was literally grabbed at the ankles and he just flicked it out and still got it to like the opposite hash. I forgot, I forgot which game it was that he did that, but I remember it was to Xavier Henderson on the sideline. And it was just, it was one of those plays where I was like, okay, like this dude's going to work in the NFL. He just is because if you could do that, like that's something that you can't teach. And so I think that that's going to be a stark difference from last year where I think Florida Gators fans are going to look at this offensive line and say, it's so much worse than last year pass blocking. And I don't think that's going to be the case. I think that the offensive line is going to take the blunt of like, like just, just the blunt impact from this fan base for pass protection when they're not going to be super bad compared to last year. It's just Graham Mertz is going to be able to make less plays. Also, Personally, Florida, like I, I, I love Aiden Mizell. I love Eugene Wilson III. I love Andy Jean. I do. I don't think Florida, Billy Napier, uh, Billy Gonzalez, if you want to talk about him too, I don't think Florida did a good job of adding dynamic playmakers this offseason that are going to be ready to go on day one. And granted, there's still a lot of wide receiver talent in the portal. And I'm going to hope that Florida can add them, add someone, but for now you don't have that. So I don't think that there's enough wide receiver talent added. That's going to make those plays deep downfield. So I think that's another reason the vertical passing game isn't going to be super great this year. The last thing that we are going to talk about here is something that I know I've had fun poking fun at i know that there's been quite a few florida gators fans that have had fun poking fun at this it's special teams sorry 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 sorry. it's game changers it's game changers that's what it is uh and here's the thing also i do think that this florida gators team is going to be better than they were last year on special teams i'm not going to continue calling them game changers that was just that was just one time for fun. Um, <laughs> I do think that this that the special teams are going to be better for the Florida Gators this year. I'm trying to pull up the numbers real quick. So if you hear clicking, that's what that is. Um, but I, I think the Florida Gators are going to be better on special teams this year. I still don't think that they're going to be awesome. Uh, you look at punting, you get Jeremy Crawshaw back. And Jeremy Crawshaw is someone that I think is very, very good as a punter. I think his hang time is great. Like he's someone who can get solid distance on the ball and his placement is pretty solid. And he gives his cover men enough time. Like whether you want to call them gunners, it's not just gunners. Gunners are the guys on the outside, but his cover men, he gives them enough time to actually get downfield and make plays. And that's fantastic. Uh, He had 35 punts last year, 16 of them wound up inside the 20. That's awesome. Like I, I understand that, content, like that's not great context, but that's awesome. Um, most players who had as many in, punts inside the twenty had like fifty-five punt attempts, and so that's great for Jeremy Crawshaw. He's he's great. However, you look at actual field goals. Adam Mahalik, I love you. Rather, I don't want to say 
inconsistent, but yeah, he, he, he was rather inconsistent, uh, on field goals, 20 to 29 yards for a five, which isn't awesome because well, that close, you should be making 95% of them, not 80%. He also made 80% from 30 to 39, four or five. He had five attempts from 40 to 49, went three for five, and he had six attempts of 50-plus yards, made three of them. Not great. He's here again. Adam Mahalik, I think, is pretty good closer. But once you get far, he's not great there. So I think your special teams there struggles. Uh, I think when you look at kickoffs, I I need to, like, stress how frustrating kickoffs were for me last year watching this team because my lord (laughs) like it was so incredibly frustrating to watch just 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 kickoffs first off there were a few that went out of bounds not in the good way if they go out of bounds past the end zone Awesome. Like that, that's what you're looking for. You're looking for those forced to touchbacks. Florida did not do that frequently enough. That was frustrating. There also were just too many that went up and down with plenty of time to return it for the kick returner on the other team. Not dope there either. So for me, I'm like, yeah, this is incredibly frustrating to watch. Kind of hated it. Kick coverage. Guess what? Guess what? Kickoff coverage sucked last year. Special teams outside of punts were bad in 2022. Just plain and simple. Because now we're about to talk about the worst part of special teams for the Florida Gators in 2022. The return game. Look, I I am all for if you want to say, you know, we're going to put just a sure-handed returner back there. That's great. Here's my issue with it. Um, One, don't call yourself game changers if you're going to do that. I, I made this statement last year. When Billy Napier brought in Chris Couch as the game changer coordinator, I said, if you are going to call this team, if you're going to call special teams, your game changers, you need to put dynamic playmakers back there. Like that's what you need. You need to put dynamic playmakers on that team or on special teams. That didn't happen. I'm also blanking. I can't remember the name. Fenley Graham? Was it Fenley Graham that I was like, why is he not back there? And then he he transferred before the season, of course. But when Chris Couch came in, I was like, oh, Fenley Graham should be the guy. I'm pretty sure it's Fenley Graham I'm thinking of. Um, No clue what happened to him. But my point is you had Xavier Henderson back there, and Xavier Henderson has solid straight line speed. The issue, he needs to build it up, and he has no wiggle in his game. If you're returning kicks and you're just fast... You can't be a, a slow accelerator. You need to be able to go because you need to catch that kick and run. So Xavier Henderson shouldn't be returning kicks. 
Trevor Etienne, I understand him returning kicks, especially when Montreal Johnson is, is the lead back. And it's like, well, we need to get Trevor Etienne his touches. Let's do it on special teams. Let him make plays. I have no problem with Trevor Etienne being the one returning kicks. What did also bother me was Jason Marshall Jr. being used as a returner because that's not what he does. And it was the Vanderbilt game. It was horrible uh, return attempt. And it ended up with Vanderbilt recovering and Vanderbilt scoring. And that was just super duper fun. And ended up with Vanderbilt winning the game. Uh, Jason Marshall, I don't blame Jason Marshall, by the way. I, like, I'm I'm not the type to sit here and go, Jason Marshall, how do you how do you try to return that? How do you screw that up? Because that's stupid to have that reaction. Your reaction should have been, why on earth are you putting Jason Marshall Jr. back there? That's the correct reaction. And again, it's nothing against Jason Marshall Jr. He's not a returner. When you put someone that's not a returner back there and they screw up, that's your fault as a coach. If I if I if I take my car keys and I give my car keys to my three-year-old goddaughter. Actually, three-year-old to three years old today, goddaughter. Happy birthday. If I give them to my three-year-old goddaughter, she somehow turns my car on, and crashes into things. Is that her fault? Or is that my fault? Obviously, Jason Marshall Jr. is not a three-year-old. But he's not a returner, and I asked him to return, just like I have a three-year-old goddaughter, and I asked her to drive my Jeep. That, so, no, that's not how it works, right? That's silly. So... That's what I'm saying where that you blame Chris Couch for. You blame Billy Napier. You blame whoever made the decision to put Jason Marshall back there. You blame them. You don't blame Jason Marshall. So special teams sucked last year. Going to be better this year. Probably still not going to be great. But you could be if you put more dynamic playmakers back there. If you put Aiden Mizell, Eugene Wilson back there, then then you've got a better chance. Okay? If you put Tran Webb back there, go for it. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. We'll be back tomorrow to talk more Florida Gators football. We won't be back tomorrow. We'll be back Monday because today's Friday. It's, like I said, it's been a week. We'll be back Monday to talk more Florida Gators football, maybe this weekend if there's a commit, which I'm not expecting. But for Lockdown Gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with Whole Nine Sports, Giants Country, NFL 33. And I will see you all tomorrow. Monday. Yeesh.